0: To Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Have you been searching for that something within you? The one thing that is designed to bring abundance into your life? Are you not finding it yet? By partnering with God, you are sure to discover the key to living a happier and more fulfilling life. Now, here is Nikki Klegel.
1: Yes, this is Nikki Clagle with Fulfill Your Legacy, and I am so happy that you are here with us on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. I am an author, a coach, and a speaker, and I'm also the founder of Fulfill Your Legacy, where I help people deeply partner their life with God, clarify, and define their God-given life purpose, and then tap into the Trinity and all there is to offer with that so they can continue on as Christian leaders, helping others and themselves to reach their goals higher than they ever dreamed possible. I lead them to a place where they're empowered by the work they do the health they're in, and the relationships they have. But Jesus looked at them and said, "'With man, this is impossible, "'but with God, all things are possible.'" That's Matthew 19, 26, and I just love it. I'm gonna just greet you all on this Christmas week and let you know how grateful I am that you are with us and doing this whole talk show, this whole hour. It's quite a commitment that you're doing during Christmas. It's a busy time, and I love that you are coming to us anyway. I want to explain how the show is broken up, and so you can know what to um, how to plan, and then also I want you to know who our guest is. So, the show's topic today is really funny. It's called, There's Nothing Fishy About Christmas, but there's another message to this. For one, our guest we're bringing in in the middle section of the show is Jim Neal. He has a book that is all wrapped around um, oh a concept, and fish is part of it. I'm not going to give it away. He also does a wonderful inspirational talk every week on his Facebook page. We're going to be posting a link here for you guys to follow him on Facebook. He is awesome. We love to listen to this little inspirational thing. Friday fish fry is what we call that. So the show will be broken into three parts. The first part is where I'm just going to give you a quick little life coaching, faith-based life coaching session on the topic at hand. And really, the topic at hand is what Christmas is really all about. Then uh, we're going to bring in Jim Neal. He's going to share with us some key points that relate to the topic. I always like to make sure that the speaker for the day, the guest for the day is, in my mind, an expert on the topic and then last we're going to take in questions and we do we have some really good questions that came to us by email and I know that Jim is going to stay on and help us with those. And I can't wait to get to those. So you guys stay with us the whole time. I am going to hop right to it. But I do want to let those of you who are just listening over Voice America to head to my Facebook page so you can watch us live. So you go to Nikki Klegel, um, Nikki Klegel, N-I-C-C-I-E. K-L-I-E-G-L and find the one that says Nikki Klegel, fulfill your legacy. If you go to that Facebook page, you will see this streaming live. So I'd love to have you there as well. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get started. I see we have people in from Florida, people in from Michigan, people in from Kansas. Oh, it's awesome. You guys stay with us. Here we go. All right. So, you know, I always do these first sections in the way that my book is laid out. And also the way that I coach, the way my uh, uh, legacy leader page functions, everything is with this formula, this sort of process of consider what your problem is in life, then get to what the word tells you to do about it, then get to thinking and do, and really um getting your heart wrapped around the gift that will come if you follow what the word tells you to do and then last own up to the fact that you have free will you get to decide if you're going to live in it or not so the problem the word the gift the choice what is the problem so today the problem is christmas or maybe the lack there of us understanding what christmas is really all about so i have it kind of broken into two parts i wanted us to think about it in in one one special way and that's the gift what is the true gift of Christmas? You know, that's, that's what a lot of people get out of Christmas. They're thinking it's the gifts. You have to buy the right gift. You have to um, give the best wish list so you receive the best gift. You're all bummed out if your gift isn't what you wanted, right? And you're stressing out about giving the best gifts. Parents are stressing out about do they have enough money to get their kids what they want and all these sort of things. Gifts, 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 gifts. So is that that's the problem. It's also the answer, but it's the problem. The next way I want us to look at the problem is for us to be thinking about our free will. I want us to really sit on the fact that there's more to the receiving than the giving. And if we really look at Christmas wholly and correctly or the way that I want us to, it's about understanding that this gift has already been given to us, but are we receiving it? I think those are two of the biggest things that we fall short on in the Christmas time. So that's our problem, but what does the word tell us? If we really look and consider what the word is telling us, I have a couple Bible verses that I really want us to think on. Number one, if we think that, okay, I said the problem is gifts. It's also the answer It is because our truest gift, the wonderful thing about Christmas is that we got Jesus. That was our gift. Jesus, eternal life, all these things that we'll get into in a minute more, but that's our gift. So what does the Bible tell us about this? Romans 6, 23 is such a beautiful verse. It's short. It's easy. It's one we can memorize. Listen up. So for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is our gift. This is what Christmas is about, our Savior, baby Jesus, right? Okay, so next, so we know the gift is what Christmas is about, but are we confused on what that gift really is? Yes. And we got to, um, I see here on Facebook, so we put yes and amen. I mean, we really need to do that. We need to sit in the true gift of Christmas, baby Jesus, our Savior, being free from all these sins, things like this. The next thing then is that whole concept me talking about how how we need to give the receiving part of Christmas a second look, I think. So a second look, what I mean by that receiving is I see this all the time all throughout people that I'm coaching with, all throughout my own life, we have gotten so much from Jesus, so much from the written word, so much power and protection from God. But do we receive it? It's there. All right? So I want us to think about this. How about John 1.12? But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So these are the two things that, that the, the written word tells us. If we remember that our gift is Jesus, we really understand this is the wage of death and we are free with Jesus. We have eternal life. This is our true gift. The next next thing is we have to receive it. There's a presence. There's a place of our free will and we have to own it. And so now those that's the written word. Let's look deeper at what this gift is. I want us to be informed and make a decision that is truly based off the word and we need to know what, what's all in it for us, right? That's how we work. It helps us when we can get our not just our heart wrapped around it, but our brain, our heart, mind, and soul. So let's look at this more. But eternal life, okay, we understand that. But in the world, eternal life, um, it, there's this, I'm going to read to you kind of a long scripture, but if you've studied the word, there's a hunk in Romans that I love. Actually, I love Romans 8, 9, and 10. If you can just ever, if you ever want to just study a hunk of the Bible, I think that's a beautiful place to start. I mean, it's this place where you're sort of considering to yourself, am I going to live by the world, by the flesh? Because there's a whole bunch of laws that come along with that. And it's tough. This world is tough. Or am I going to live by the spirit? And I'm, I'm going to step in and feel all that and understand what that all means and use it. And how much is this going to impact us in the world? Um, I believe that you, every one of you listening right now, every one of you on Facebook, are God has called you. I believe that you were predestined, it's written that you were predestined with a purpose. And I also believe that all of us, whatever our purpose is, uniquely we know, but is to love and serve the Lord. And so how might you be charged with this? How might God want you to do this? But when you're tapped into the Spirit and living with the Spirit, your ability to love and serve the Lord is so magnified, you have now insight that you didn't otherwise have, you're seeing and hearing doorways that are opening to you that otherwise you'd blow right by, you have armor and a shield on that when you get into dangerous territory, um, you know, it's protecting you, these are gifts. These are the gifts that count. And this is what I want to, us all to remember. So I'm going to read this. I, you know me and my reading. Let's go. Um, but And then I'm going to point out a couple few verses. And I know our time will be up before we know it. So let's listen up here. This is um, Romans uh, probably, let's see, uh, 2 through 11, I believe. Let's go. So therefore, there is now no condemnation. For those who are in christ jesus for in christ jesus the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death for what the law was powerless to in that it was weakened by the flesh god did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man as an offering for our sin he thus commanded or condemned to sin in the flesh, so that the righteous standard of law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. The mind of the flesh is death. But the mind of the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind of the flesh is hostile to God, it does not submit to the God to God's laws, nor can it. Those controlled by the flesh cannot please God. You, however, Are controlled not by the flesh but by the spirit. And if the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit gives you life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give your mortal bodies life through his spirit who dwells in you. Wow, that is something, right? And I think we forget this. I think we forget this awesome gift. And we have to remember that Jesus came here and knew how hard it was for us. We have this constant battle. Are we going to live by the flesh or are we going to live by the world? I mean, by the spirit or the world. And it's easy. Presence, presence, presence. Get, get, get. There's cause and effect in the world. And it's easy to get trapped into that and be thinking that if I do this, I get this. That's so true. But put that away and start thinking, if I do this, what the word tells me, there will be blessings and more gifts that God will give us, and our ability to love and serve Him will grow and grow and grow. The more people that we will impact will be greater and greater. So I, I want us to sit here and take a moment to think on the things that this holiday season we are putting in our heart, mind, and soul that are things of this world and to really be thinking what they're getting us. And then I want us to think about how much time and energy and thought are we thinking about the spirit of Christmas? What the Christmas message is about the true gift that we've got and what comes of that. So we have now looked at what the problem is. Okay, remember we said the problem is we're getting confused about what the true gifts are. The next one is, I said, free will, are we receiving? Are we receiving? That gift is there, but are we receiving? That's the problem. We've looked at the word. So that was um, Romans six twenty three, and it talks about eternal life. That means here. That means here for us, that we then join up with good Jesus Christ. He is, God is in us, and we are now living in that place with him. Not in the world. And we have to keep reminding ourselves, keep stepping into that, keep walking into that. But, but that's the, the first one. And then the next one was John 1, 12. And that was really helping us understand that we need to receive this. Then we talked about the gifts. And I'm just going to remind us some key points about the gifts. One is no condemnation. That was right there in the first verse. No condemnation. This talk about being at peace in a world full of anxiety and stress, this is a great way to offer us peace, is to know that we're not condemned from our failures and our screw-ups. The next one is, in verse two, it talks about we are set free by the Spirit, but through Jesus, we're set free from our sins. And then we talk, in four, it's really helping us understand that We do not walk according to the flesh, but we walk according to the spirit. And those who live according to the flesh, their minds are focused on the flesh. That's what happens to us during the Christmas time. We so often, our minds start going to like... Oh, the best gift that I can receive, the best gift that I can give. Our mind starts focusing on all these things. How does my house look? Is my house going to be pretty enough for everyone? How's the food going to be? Am I going to, you know, live up to the standards? It's all focused on that. And we need to get our mind focused on the spirit. And that's what we need to. So when people come into our, my blog post coming out today is going to be on what does our house look like this Christmas? And everything that I'm putting in that blog has to do with, does it look like love? And when people walk in, do they feel love? Does it look like light? Or do they feel a heaviness because there's anxiety and darkness trying to make everything perfect? You know, what What we, we need to remember that when we walk in the flesh, when we, we walk in this and live in this and it holds us down, when we walk in the spirit, it brings in light and it makes us feel light, peaceful, awesome. Then we want to, um, I highlighted another verse and it's talking about control and, you know, we often can feel like we're almost prisoners when we start living this way. We're controlled by the flesh, what it needs, what it wants, and everything like this. And I understand why it talks about control in verse 9. You, however, are controlled not by the flesh. So when we step into Jesus, when we start tapping into the trinity we no longer are controlled by the flesh in the world we know we don't fall you know temptation doesn't get to us like it used to anger doesn't get to us like it used to think of the fruit of the spirit when the holy spirit is in us ah All right, we are down to the very last thing. That is the choice. You have free will. I want you to really think hard about the two things, knowing the true gift of Christmas and receiving it. Pray for receiving prayer to come over you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive Jesus Christ and everything he's done for you. We will come back with Jim Neal after the break on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot.
0: This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com.
1: Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to nikki at Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot
1: yes, this is Nikki on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. I am so happy that you are back with us, but we have Jim Neal here, and I am super happy <laughs> to wait to ask Jim to be on the show with me. Uh, He is a preacher. He's an author of an awesome book, which I haven't read. And he's also a speaker. So I really want us to hop right into who he is and, and what he can help us with during the holiday season. We named this show, There's Nothing Fishy About Christmas. There's a reason why. Can you hold up your book, share with everyone your book and kind of your Facebook page and everything? yeah tell them about it jim and maybe um share a little bit about how you and i know each other
2: okay well this just a book is a compilation of 40 years of working with people i've been in sales as in insurance sales for 30 years or better i was a sales manager a trainer a coach uh, all that kind of stuff in in the insurance business And as a pastor you work with people i've pastored 12 15 years and uh, it just, you know, I saw that people weren't really happy, and the reason is that they were settling for life. And I do that myself. I wish I could say that I wasn't in that problem, but I have the same problem. I had it all my. I've had it all my life. Some of it's inferior complex. Some of this, that, the other thing. But I, it started formulating. I really started writing this book years and years ago, just a little bit at a time. It was more cathartic for me than it was. I didn't know if I'd ever print it. And uh, it just basically talks about three things. It talks about our attitude, our beliefs, and our commitments. The greatest of that is our commitments. We can get a good attitude. We can try to develop a belief, but if we can't commit to it, it's it's useless. So that, that's basically, it's a very simple book. It's nothing super profound. It's just a, a preacher salesman's heart kind of situation. A lot of
1: Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and share a little bit about how we know each other. So uh, we both got our books. That's right. We got our books published at the same place and he is selling himself short. That book is awesome. Um, It is so fun and teaches you at the same time. And that is the way Jim is. And honestly, he feels like, I want you to get to know him. I want you to go to his Facebook page. I want you to follow him and get to his Facebook page every single Friday. He has something called Friday Fish Fry. And it is just like a dose of medicine every week. I was telling him before we started the show that my husband and I, literally we go on a date every single Friday and Saturday night. Um, Saved our marriage probably. But anyway, on the way to the date, on Friday night, it isn't uncommon that my husband might say, hey, you know, have you listened to Jim today? You know, and then we'll catch, we'll go listen to it. It's so short and And just like your book is, just kind of humorous, and then it packs a little punch, and it just leaves you feeling like you learned something, and you're inspired. So anyway, Jim and I, yes, we wrote books at the same place, but uh, I feel like he's a kindred spirit. Jim, I I love you like a brother, and um, you're a bit older than me, so maybe like a father.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Nikki. (laughs)
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. So um, so let's go ahead and get started on our questions, though, because I want mm-hmm. you to feed these people with a little goodness and light. We made a little pun on the title of your book being um, wrapped around fish, your Friday fish fry. Everything is kind of about this fisherman just telling stories, whatever the deal is. But There is nothing fishy about Christmas. Is there? What can you share with us? We have three key points, maybe four if we can get to them all. But what do you want us to know about Christmas?
2: Okay. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity of being here with you. And uh, it's a real honor. So thank you, Nikki. Uh, I kind of bristled when you said I was an expert. You know what an expert is, don't you, Nikki?
1: Oh, you tell me.
2: It is a a drip under pressure. An expert. Ah!
1: Of course, see what I mean? He's funny. He's
2: lunch. Okay, keep going. We were we were talking last week about some things we could talk about, and I think the biggest thing is that I used to bristle at the commercialism of of Christmas. I used to just, ooh, I just really didn't like it. And as I got older and began to mature and began to l- really look at the story, and the the event, and all that that means. I began to realize something. I, don't, I still don't like the length of it. I don't like the lack of commitment and the lack of meaning or the lip service that it gives. However, I have learned this. Now, think about it. It goes from Thanksgiving, I mean, uh, even before Thanksgiving, it goes from uh, Halloween. As soon as the orange lights come down, the white ones go up. And, uh, but really, from Thanksgiving until Christmas, those four weeks, I have realized something. And that is that no one really escapes this period of time without giving thought to the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't make any difference, whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, whether you're Catholic or Protestant, whether you're a Hindu or a Muslim, whether you're an agnostic and an atheist. doesn't make any difference. During this period of time, it is impossible, if you engage in the spirit of it at all, it is impossible not to have to pause and ponder the question, is this babe really who those Biblicists say that he is?
1: Okay, I... leading
2: thought, but you do come to grips with that in some way.
1: Yeah, I love that you said this. When you said this to me, it helped me because I'm kind of like you in that I get disappointed. My husband and I will have talks about this like, Christ is the word of Christmas, right? Yes. And and you know you're you're going to see people that are fighting against prayer in school, fighting against everything godly. But then they can't wait, and they're going to adorn their house with Christmas. And uh, I, and and so you can't live in that anger. And you gave me a way to see the little bit of blessing that. It is getting in front of in and, and maybe twenty years later, somebody hits rock bottom, and then they remember, and Christmas comes around, and they grasp on what little thing they they knew. I love it.
2: Yeah, and, and we ought to. We who believe that strongly, we need to be aware of this and be keenly tuned in spiritually for the opening. Not to maybe share the whole story, but to share a word. Somebody says Happy Holidays, I say Merry Christmas to you too, and. Yeah. Just little things. Just be open because not only that, because there are people on the other spectrum that are hurting right now. Yep. They are hurting right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so we need to always be aware that it's not all smiles and laughter and parties and fun. There are some people that with some deep hurts and yeah. men. Hurt.
1: Yeah. What a better time for us to be Christ like during Christmas um yeah, then, then right now right okay next one let's i mean i don't want to sell that one short but you've got four here that are awesome so the next one well, i
2: got three so you got the next one. Oh, oh, okay well,
1: well take, i have we'll yeah you. yeah yeah bethlehem bethlehem oh.
2: okay bethlehem well i i kind of put this in a broader context and that is that christmas time loudly and broadly proclaims God's providence and sovereignty. And uh, when you think about that, we go back and, and look at Bethlehem. Bethlehem was a town of a, probably 300 people. Some say it could have been close to 1,000, but it was 300 people, let's say 500 people. So it was a small place. It was bigger Bethlehem. This was the smaller of Bethlehems. And in Micah 5, too, it talks about the small, paphita, that Bethlehem, that the Savior would be born in, and so the providence of that is phenomenal. But now, even bigger than that, think about it: you got a nine-month pregnant lady, eight and a half months, and she needs to be in Bethlehem. I mean, Joseph had lived a dream, and he had heard an angel, and and all those things. But there isn't a dream in the world or a big angel big enough. To get a pregnant, eight-month pregnant woman on a donkey to go set days. You know what I mean? I believe it was God who orchestrated the census to Caesar Augustus.
1: Yeah.
2: Because then, uh, Joseph being the obedient man he is, not only to God, but also to the human side of it and the government. He loaded her up and off they went. And so... When we think about Bethlehem, you've got to think about the providence of God. You've got to think about his sovereignty, how he sees everything, how he orchestrates everything, not only in that little thing, but in your life and mine. And okay. That's about
1: that. that is an awesome message, and that is exactly why I had four down, because I really wanted us to spin off this a bit on that very last sentence you had. Um I really have such a passion, Jim, for every single soul that God puts in front of me to help them know that they have such a purpose and that that God created them and that I want them to love and serve. I want them to get whole with God and that many people that I work with in the beginning or people that don't dare really reach out feel insignificant in this big world. The world seems to make us think unless we're doing this, performing this way, blah, 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 we are not significant. And that is the biggest lie that Jesus ever heard. All right. All <laughs> and right. so, no
2: one, no one is insignificant. No one.
1: Yeah. Let's...
2: Everybody's significant,
0: yes.
1: Yeah, like what wisdom do you have to depart on us? Because I think we have a little time to set into this and step into this a bit. Like think of your insurance men or women and, you know, just how that that place of living in that thought that we are not significant, what that does to us and in, in our life. Well, it,
2: it, it, well, whether it's sales, whether it's life, whether it's your marriage, whatever it is. If you're feeling insignificant, unimportant, it's going to permeate every, every cell of your body. Um, and, and, you know, the providence of the whole, whole Christmas scene is, is seen in everything. Think about this, Nikki. I didn't think about that till this morning in my quiet time uh, when they were looking for a place and they said there's no place in the inn. Plus, they had relatives there. There was no room in their houses. And so there's no room. Think about that prophetically. The whole world, even today, millions and millions of people are saying, I don't have room for Jesus. My yeah. is too busy, there's no room. Even that was a prophetical statement for the for the rest of his life. He faced that for thirty-three years. Everybody oh, I don't have time. Okay, that's good. Uh, let me move on. Don't have time for that in my life. And so, so to make time. And, and the way that we get to feeling better about ourselves is to make room for Jesus in our lives. I have heart ever since they started transplanting hearts. You know, people say, oh, the heart's gone, there. Jesus is gone. No, in my life, at the very center of my life, I need to make room for Him as sovereign. Yeah. And if we see Him as sovereign, then we can see every situation mm-hmm. in His glory and in, for His glory and for our good. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost a son at three and a half years old. the Years, I mean, it's been long—thirty-four years ago now. But to be able to say—and I was just a very young Christian; I'd only maybe been Christian a year when that happened. Oh no, about three years when that happened. And uh, you know, just to be able to say, "God is sovereign." God us through that. Got me through that.
1: Yeah. And
2: to feel good about who you are, you need to know whose you are. Yep. You see.
1: Who who do you belong
2: to? Yep. And and he loves you even the most mundane things in your life. He cares for you. When we get that concept nailed down, the enemy doesn't like us to have that concept, so he battles that all the time. So we have to come back to that. So we need to nail that down. We need to have that as foundational truth.
1: Yes. Okay.
2: Foundation.
1: Okay, so Jim, this is, why, this is why I love you. I just want to have you on every single week. So oh. I, it's not very often anymore. My pastor will do this sometimes in in, service, in the service where I just like get hit with the new kind of thought. And that whole, Christy, I know you're on. If you could type on the Facebook feed, like, are, are we Jesus as Bethlehem? Are, are we the people that are saying there's no room for you here? Like, talk about a thought shift. Um, you know, really considering, am I doing that to Jesus? Am I saying, you know what, I don't have room for you. I, I'm i busy. I'm doing this. I'm whatever. So um, that's really good. Thank you. Um, and then remembering that verse, you know, John 1, 12, that's, um, but to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Just what Jim was saying. Like Once we know who's we are, all this starts to come in. And it's, we're like sponges. When we get it, we just want more. We know that that is life. And we're attracted to it. We're down to four minutes. Let's do the next one, which is, um, um, where are my questions? The cradle
2: oh, to the cross.
1: Cradle to the cross. Thank you, Jim. Let's do it.
2: Well, without the cradle. And without that manger, there could be no redemption. That started it all. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you that's in Christ Jesus. Jesus, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. And being found in the appearance of man, that is the babe, he humbled himself even to the cross. In his infancy... If we just stop and think of the cradle, first it's in a stinky, stank, stent, manger, lean-to of a barn. But those little chubby hands were the hands in eternity that formed man, that took the rib from man and made a woman. Those little lips that couldn't even do more than just feed at his mother's breast at this time. Was the same lips that in eternity past said, let there be light. And there was light. And formed this whole being. And so the cradle is important. We all get cuddly about it. You know, everybody loves a new baby. You just talked about having your first grandbaby. You're already fired up about it. And there's just something. We have a new baby in our church and had another one. and People visited. And, And there's just nothing like a new baby. So we get all warm and fuzzy. About the cradle. And that's good. But let's never lose sight that even as a little baby, even as a little one, his purpose was to go to the cross.
1: Cross. Yeah, well, he has me in tears. So (laughs) you're just going to have to come up with a new question or just kind of figure out how we can apply that then. You know, I don't know. Is it where... We invite our family into our homes, or we invite the neighbor over. And, you know, what is the little sense? You made reference to this earlier, but we just can't blast unbelievers or new baby believers. I hate to use that word, but new to it with just the whole message. I mean, maybe sometimes you can if if the situation's fitting, but what can we do to bring the true meaning of Christmas? This, what you just said to the people that pass us by
2: to as many as believed him he give them the right to be the sons of god live you've quoted that verse three or four times it's one of my favorites live as jesus would live walk as he would walk talk as he would talk you know there's a great scripture in second corinthians chapter 10 where it Paul is talking about wrestling against flesh and blood and powers and principalities, but then he says one phrase. He says, bring the captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I wonder if we would pray each day. In my quiet time, I try to do it every day. Holy Spirit, I give you power to take control of every thought, because I can't say anything without thinking it. I can't go anywhere without first thinking it. I can't do anything for anybody or to anybody without first thinking or permission, take control every single
1: thought. That is awesome. We are down to a minute and I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, I just even think Philippians four, eight, we think yep. about you know, just, you, think. Think, you know, get your mind straight and, and get out of this world and start. And what you said, go in prayer and ask for that. Just ask yep. for the Holy Spirit to live and breathe in you so strong that you can't miss it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's so awesome. All right, I like to take a second or two at the end of the show for you to just encourage people to find you, tell them how to find you, um, where you want them going, and I'll do the same and we'll close out.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, you've mentioned, and uh, I thank you, my Friday morning fish fry. I enjoy doing that and uh-huh. like making it fresh and something that's usually going on. So that's it, Jim Neal at my Just friend me, and I'll friend you back. Um, Also, I have a Monday morning thought group called the MMT that if you'll get me your uh, email, I'll put you on that. It's a fish fry in print, or the fish fry is an MMT in print, but it's never, seldom, ever the same thing. So it's something different. You get something on Friday to end your week, and then something on Monday will come in your email. And you can send your email to me at jim at com. Or you can personal message me on Facebook, and I'd be glad to do that. But I want to tell you something. I want to read your quote, see if you under, realize where this comes from. Consider the gift. What if the, we're talking about the gift of the babe? Seems too big for us, or we are not worthy, or that others may feel we are not worthy. I ask you then, is the blessing something that we greedily blow off? Or are we using the gift wisely? That's-
1: so, so, Jim, I, I know. Yeah. I, as soon as you said consider the gift. I, uh, that-
2: I encourage you to get that book. <laughs> yeah, you-
1: you're sweet. All right. Hey, I don't want you guys missing out on more from Jim and I. So please return back after the break. We are going to be going to question and answer. We have two really good uh, emails that came in that relate to this world, what everyone's battling, many people battling this Christmas time. And also, yes, remember to follow me. I've got a free resources link that's going to be part of the Facebook page. You can get to my website and just click down under work with me and get free resources or the link is on Facebook. And it is an awesome tool. It's going to um, list my favorite Bibles depending on what kind of reader you are. It's going to list my favorite podcasts, blog posts. It's going to have a way to study the Bible in there, a free bookmark to help you, all sorts of things that I think can really get you faith infused. So please um, look up both of us on Facebook and on our websites. And NikkiClegel.com is my website. We will see you after the break on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot.
0: This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com.
1: Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot.
1: Hello. Yes, this is Nikki with Fulfill Your Legacy, and I am so happy that you are back with us on the question and answer portion of Living Within the Sweet Spot. Jim Neal has so graciously decided that he would help us out with these questions, so let's go ahead and get started. This time usually flies. Our first question is coming in from Jeremy. He pretty much says, I'm paraphrasing, I've created monsters. I know it's all my doing, but how can I best get out of it? We have been blessed greatly, and my children are getting older, preteens, and they simply want what they want, and they know that they'll get it. Christmas is about getting, and each year their hopes are getting greater. I can afford to get them everything they want, but I feel like I shouldn't. How do I best go do this? I taught them this. I think I am just afraid of letting them down. So... Oh, this is, I think, what a lot of parents are sitting right now thinking, and if they're not, and they've listened to this, and they're listening, they're going, oh, wait a minute, that is me, and now they're haunted with that, because they just never slowed down enough to think that's what's going on, but um, there are three things, that I'm going to quick bullet, and then I want Jim to tune in, and... I can't imagine, but if he's at a loss, I'll just add in more on my end. But for one, um, you said the word, and I took it straight out of the email, but it said, and I can afford it. And I want to challenge you, Jeremy, can you afford it? Because that is going to have some costly effects on your children. And I think the Holy Spirit is nudging you. And for one, I always say this to people, you wouldn't put it in an email and send it to me on this talk show, a Christian talk show. You wouldn't be listening to a Christian talk show if, if you didn't have a relationship with Jesus and you're getting nudged. And I think you're ready to step into it. And so how do I do that? Yeah, I get it. That's tricky. The next thing I want to touch on is um, you're humbling yourself. And saying, "I think I did this," and that's a great place to start. And I think letting your children see that—that's how you feel—is going to be good because the only thing that I think is more powerful than things is the heart. And I think love trumps everything because God is love, and He is more powerful than everything. So let them see your heart. Um, let them know the love that you're feeling and the worry that you have. Be mm-hmm. humble. Be be true with them. And then last, um, yeah, I'd say go ahead and give them what they want this year. I feel like this is this is maybe wrong of me, but I feel like you get that you kind of put them in this spot, and I'd say let them go into it all in. And I would say I can afford this. I'm not sure how good this is going to be for you, but I'm going to give it to you. Um, It might sour that gift. It might take away some of the punch of that awesome gift, and they might get a real hint at what a thing is worth. But I would not give them that thing without also giving them the one true thing that really is what Christmas is. And I would put an ultimatum on that gift that says, I want you to see the gifts of the world but I also need you to see the gifts of the Spirit. And so say that they may have their gift if they so help. And then is it working at a food pantry? Is it packaging up some things that they give to whoever they choose? Maybe your children choose a family that they know is in need and anonymously you drop off gifts there. Something that you can help, love, serve. That's my thoughts. Jim. When you hear Jeremy spilling his guts and kind of speaking, what do you think?
2: Well, I I think you gave great advice, and you took one of the things I would say is do something, do something practical. And I would take I don't know how many children you have, and not preteens okay, they're still still small enough to be influenced. I mean, if, I agree with Nikki. If you take it all away this year, you're going to create a probably a vacuum of. Uh, Discontent and rebellion and so forth. But I would do two things. Number one, I would, as Nikki said, take them somewhere. I'd take them to a a shelter and have them serve the homeless food, homeless mm-hmm. these people. That'd be my personal preference because we've yep. done that. Secondly, what I would do, Jeremy, is I'd write each one of them a personal letter today, this year.
1: Oh, good one.
2: And I would put it in the package. Not outside, but in the package, maybe under the gift, so they'll see their gift, they'll be excited, and then an envelope from dad. And then share this. You share your heart. You share what you feel as you're, you're afraid is happening and has happened. And that you ask their forgiveness for having created that. And put it in there and give them something to read.
1: That is good. We should all do that, whether we're being tempted with this or not. Yeah, that is a great idea. Okay, um, let's get to Jillian. So Jillian says that she has nothing. Now, her email was quite lengthy, and I'm going to tell you about it more here. I've got some key points written down. But she was in an abusive relationship for 10 years, drugs and physical abuse and emotional abuse. Her kids were all three of them. Um, two kids in her ill um, ill from drugs being around the environment and smelling them and stuff um, ill from being dependent herself on them. And she's free of it and has been um, awesome. financially, they are strapped living on their own, um, but have never felt better. And she's happy and grateful and in a good place. But She's like, this is the first time this holiday season, this year is when she broke free from it all. But this year is the, or this season is the first time that she felt a little bit um, disappointed that she was not, she's not able to let her kids do Christmas the way the world does for each other. So what's happening is she's realizing this little mental thing happening where her kids are fine getting little, and they're doing a lot of what we're talking about—the the cards and making stuff together and doing things together—and they're great. But at school, there's a gift exchange. Her kids don't have—they don't have the money to participate in this, and how? And they need to be creative and stuff. But um, uh, and then also the, the kids have great friends, and the friends personally are giving, and even their parents for, are giving, and then they feel like they need to do it back. So. I guess I want to let you talk about this a little bit, but um, I'm saying one thing, and that is I believe Satan trying to get to you because you have been on a great path and you've been turning your back on all that sin and the flesh and all that stuff you don't need to be a part of. And wouldn't it be just like him to try to get you this way? And Philippians 4, 8, whatever is true and noble and right and praiseworthy, you think about those things. And when you start thinking self-limiting thoughts and allow your kids to live in that, it's just going to be not good. But, Jim, you've got some advice here, I'm sure.
2: Well, uh, she said something that's really touched my heart. She said, but we love each other, and they're they're very loving. Man, you got the most important thing. But I understand what it's like if the kids can't exchange gifts and so forth. That hurts. That hurts you, Mom, worse than it hurts the children. But it does hurt you. But I really liked – at the end, we were saying something, Nikki, about uh, and I. Oh,
1: um, I said something about Philippians four eight and like Satan trying to get to them yeah, at yeah. week time.
2: And and, that, and he does do that. Oh, I know. I was thinking you said that you felt you felt like you had to reciprocate because people were given to you. They say something to you, don't steal their blessing. They're giving—that's their blessing. They don't want anything back. And that is, as Nikki said, that's the enemy saying, Oh, somebody gave to you, now I have to give back. That's a thing called conditional love. And yeah. Let's so break up today because oh, if you do this, then I love you. When they give it to you, they're giving out of an unconditional heart and they're giving to you because you're in need. Don't rob their blessing.
1: Receive yeah.
2: And receive it and just be thankful for it.
1: Yeah, that is a great lesson to teach your children, too. Someday their situation, I believe you guys are on a trajectory. Honestly, you're getting joined up with God, and I think you're going to have a day of blessings, and you're going to want your kids to learn this lesson, and they're going to give wholeheartedly with no conditions, and and it'll feel good, and they'll have their time. Um, but there are two things that I was, as you were talking, wondered, especially as a pastor. Could she be going to her church it takes a little bit of humbleness, not necessarily to ask for gifts for their own family, but to just, you know, say, "Do you have any ideas?" It makes me wonder if their kids could work. I mean, yes. would, they, would they want to do something? Scoop a.
2: Oh, the same thing that go yeah. to Esther and share your heart. You know, there, there there's a way that your kids. Something I know if somebody came to us today, there's things around our church needs to get done that they could do, and that you could pay them, and they could buy a gift, or you could buy the gift for them. I, I don't know what church you go to, but but go start there. And like Nikki said, you're going to have to humble yourself. That's all right. Where you are is all right. It's all in the providence of God.
0: Year mm-hmm.
2: from now, you'll be very thankful.
1: Yeah, and um, we have just a little under two minutes left, but um, Jillian, I just want you to know that Jim and I both are so proud of you. I don't, there are people all around the world that want to break free from addictions and get themselves out of abusive situations, and I'm just so proud of you, and, and you have given your gift, uh, um, your children a new gift in life a new opportunity that they just really wouldn't have had. Who knows? But anyway, we are getting down to the last portion of the show. Jim, go ahead, share your website again. Talk about your Monday and Friday thing. I'll do mine and we'll head out.
2: Okay, Friday morning, That Friday morning, Fish Fry, which is live about 7.30 Pacific Standard Time.
1: On Facebook.
2: On Facebook, yes. And then we have a Monday morning thought, which is a written email. L shows up about 4 o'clock Pacific time, 4 a.m., and so if you want that, just send it to Jim at JWNeal.com, your email, where you heard it, and I'll put you on there.
0: Uh,
2: A a website that's a work in progress, but it's JWNeal.com. It's got some of our old fish fries, a couple of articles, and there are some things in there you might benefit from
1: yes indeed we can go ahead and skip me just head to the links that are always part of the show all right everyone have a joyful christmas know the true meaning of christmas live it and share it we love you guys see you next week on living a life within the sweet spot
2: Goodbye. thank
0: you for tuning into living within the sweet spot Please join your host, Nikki Kleagle next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, invite abundance into your life and live a happier, fuller, and more successful life than ever before.